0: Thank you for talking to me. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing good.
0: I was at your talk at um, the BFI when the film premiered recently. I really connected with your talk because you spoke to the rebel creative inside of probably most of us in the audience, but definitely myself, like taking stuff into your own hands to bring this film to life. How hard was it actually to get this film off the ground and onto the big screen?
1: I mean, if you had told me it was going to take me seven years to get the film made from the time that I started writing it till... um, It came out I would have you you wouldn't be seeing this film (laughs) of course Uh, but yeah it was pretty hard because story structure wise and concept wise it wasn't like any other film out there and so much of the game of most industries is like we're making this thing is it like this other thing that made money because no matter how much they tell you that capitalism makes innovation it doesn't it tries to work against it and tries to get you to make the thing that made money last year, right? The innovation happens in spite of it. Because when you come with something and say, this is innovative, they'll be like, wow, you've got an ambitious project. And I'll be like, yeah, thank you. But I didn't know that they meant that's bad. So yeah, it was hard, but putting it out on McSweeney's as its own paperback book in 2014, yeah. getting to be part of the Sundance uh, Writers Lab in 2015, in the Sundance Directors Lab in 2016, and then having all these people come around it and building this buzz slowly gave you, know, you it faith. All, it all to happen. <laughs> yeah.
0: Having a, an idea for seven years, I think people who aren't in the filmmaking industry they kind of think you have an idea, you make the film, it's all like it happens in a year. So the original script seven years ago, did you have to do much to reshape it to fit what was happening now, or was it, I, or I, is history? I wish I did. Yeah, exactly. I <laughs>
1: wish that things were, you know. Like we know that things are bad, but the general critique and idea applied when I finished it the first time in 2012 sure. and right now. Because what I'm critiquing is not the current elected regime, it's the system of capitalism itself and how that creates the various things. Matter of fact, one of the characters who's played by Omari Hardwick, um, his original line that shows up in the 2014 printed version that we did was worry free is making America great again mm. I had to take that line out because the world had made my script too obvious yeah
0: so it's like two on the nose watching it you've layered it in surrealism but yet there's a stark reality to what you're trying to say Well,
1: yeah, I think, for instance, if you were to give a college lecture on how the world works, what you would do is give an analysis, and that analysis means pointing out the contradictions. And by pointing out the contradictions, you're saying, look at these contradictions, Mm -hmm. not those. And that's exaggerating the contradiction. And that's exactly what I do in my work is I exaggerate the contradiction to highlight them. And that exaggerated contradiction highlights the irony. And irony is what feeds into both comedy and tragedy. And so much of this movie and much of life, unfortunately, are things that are hilarious, (laughs) but not funny at all. Yeah,
0: and because that's so true, but when I watched, I've seen it twice now, so I kind of thought, I wonder if part of you were trying to soften the blow, I don't want to spoil it, but the stuff that happens towards the end, the big reveal of what's really going down, did you bring that extra level of... I say craziness, no, I, I think but I
1: had I, to, from doing music. Yeah. I'm very aware of how to lead someone through an emotional journey, a, a visceral journey. Sure. Right? And so I wanted this film to have that visceral journey. Like, I'm not just telling you, you know, here's something that's in the trailer. I'm not just telling you, okay, I'm not just going to have Cassius say, I feel like I'm invading people's homes when I do these calls. That would be most movies, and that's what, you know, people try to chop it down to, but I'm gonna show you him invading people's homes. You know, you get that idea viscerally and visually. So by the time we got to the end, I would made such a heightened world that there really was no other end. <laughs> yeah, there's nowhere
0: else to go but to that expensive place. And, and, and so,
1: you know, with music, like if we do a show, I'm leading the audience through these phases and I'll take it up to here and then I gotta keep it up to here and then I'll let it dip down and then go back up, but I gotta go somewhere. And so I know doing the same thing with the film. Is this your
0: thing? Like, Because at your talk you said, one thing, films don't really show people rebelling. They No one really challenges authority, and everyone kind of accepts stuff, In all they do rebel, it's very softly, softly, and nicely yeah. dealt with.
1: Or it's in the future where you yeah. would be like, you know you don't even relate to the exactly of existence at all.
0: but is that your mission I'll say as a filmmaker to always get us to really think differently because you also said something about filmmakers following this formula whereas you're trying to break the strict rules of filmmaking but you did get some training at um, Sundance the yeah. writers lab so is it like yeah, learning and, the rules and, and to break the
1: director's them lab. and directors yeah, lab I, I, yeah what i realize is look nobody knows what the hell they're doing I don't care how successful they are. We're figuring out what works, and the people that do fall off are the ones that have decided they figured out exactly how it works. (laughs) And we get tired of those films. But my goal is to make films that are more true to life. I feel like my movie, no matter how fantastical it is, it's way more real than most of these supposedly realistic movies. And it's because it talks about things that other movies avoid talking about. So it's not just that I want to put rebellion in it. It's the reason why. Then one of the reasons why I wanna put rebellion into my films is because rebellion exists in the real world. And we as writers have been taught to edit it out. And part of the reason we edit it out is not because we're following some edict, but because we have confused the memories that we learn from other movies with our own memories of life. Mm-hmm. So, and we edit all of that stuff out so much. And you can see that just through how relationships are shown, how certain scenes are shown. The breakup, they, you,
0: uh, you, you referenced the breakup in, in your talk, which I, I thought was hilarious because, you know, that very neat scene in the um, in a coffee shop or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, like they know.
1: always show us, they always show like the noontime coffee day. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, that, and people meet to break up or whatever. And that happens in every movie, but I've never seen it in real life. I've right. never had a friend be like, oh, I had to break up with my girl, you know, so I, I made sure that we met at the coffee shop. <laughs> <laughs> at noon so we could do that but we've seen it in every movie so when it's time we write that scene and we forget to even decide what's real to our life and what's not and when we try to put what's real in our life it kind of seems like it's not cinematic simply because we haven't seen
0: it before. yeah you're absolutely and right we change
1: it. you're absolutely right alright thank you so much
0: it was brilliant alright thank you sorry
1: I rambled on no so you didn't long. it's, it's you. good
0: no thank you <laughs>